On this jam-packed episode of Out of Bounds with Dylan James, we talk about the biggest surprise of the NFL season. We discuss the college football playoffs, the NHL return to play. We also discuss Giannis's five-year contract extension with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Cleveland Indians changing their nickname after the 2021 MLB season, and we conclude with JT's football recap of the week, winners and losers, and final thoughts. If you like the show, hit the subscribe button, share us with your friends, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever you find podcasts, we are there. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the final episode of 2020. This is Out of Bounds. Hey everybody, happy college football championship weekend to you. Well, championships, that is. Conference championship, that's probably better. Conference championship week, that's a better phrase for that. Anyway, welcome to Out of Bounds. This is Dylan James alongside me on virtual uh, a virtual call here is JT Taylor. JT, what's going on? I'm doing good, Dylan. We are... Less than what six days, probably five days now until Christmas. So Christmas is always almost here, and can't wait, man. Very excited to see what Santa brings on the tree this year. Have you been singing loud for all to hear, JT? Of course, man. Good. Good. Trying to make sure I'm on the the nice list this year, despite being you know a very very challenging year. But yeah, you know, well the 2020 is almost over and. 2021 is right there, so almost there. We have to spread that Christmas cheer somehow, and this year it's a bit tougher than most, but you know what? I think we're getting through it. We're both here. We're here to talk some sports with you, which is going to be a lot of fun, so kick back and relax as we uh, talk about some of your favorite sports out there. So um, once again, we do have a giveaway in progress. We haven't named a winner yet, but we will be naming a winner in the new year actually for this. So we have a pair of Titans sunglasses, Tennessee Titans sunglasses, a Titans koozie, a Titans neck gator, and also a Tennessee Titans, Eddie George, Steve McNair flag that was given away at a game last year during the memorial game for those two legends of the game in Nashville. Um, We have that flag as well. So it's a Titans bundle. All you have to do is go over to our Apple iTunes uh, page there and rate our show and give us a review. That's all you got to do. Write us a review there. Tell us if you like the show. If you don't like the show, hey, we'll pick pick a winner. Uh, We're not going to necessarily pick from just Good reviews, but we'd hope you will give us a good review for the show. Out of Bounds with Dylan James, once again on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out there and leave us a rating and review, and we would be more than happy to uh, to read it on the air as well and read some others too, but um, we'll be giving away that prize pack to somebody in the new year. So, you know, that's going to be something good for somebody to have a good late Christmas present, as you will. So, let's head right into the news, JT. We have some... Interesting topics to talk about, especially first, the NFL is starting to heat up for the playoffs and the power rankings for the NFL on NFL.com have been, um, are interesting. Um, the Tennessee Titans are actually on the outside looking in uh, for the top 10 as of right now. So the top 10 as it stands, starting at number 10 is the Indianapolis Colts, number nine, the Cleveland Browns, number eight, the Baltimore Ravens, seven, the Seattle Seahawks, six, the Los Angeles Rams, 
Five, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four, the Buffalo Bills. Three, the New Orleans Saints. Two, the Green Bay Packers. And number one, you guessed it, the Kansas City Chiefs. So JT, is there anything surprising about that top 10? And are you surprised the Titans are still out of it and they have the Colts above the Titans in the rankings? Yeah, Dylan, that definitely mind boggles me, especially when we just beat the Colts a few weeks ago. The Titans are below, but hey, no no big deal. The Titans, they always can use a, a chip on their shoulder and they just keep giving Derrick Henry the ball. Just keep giving them the ball and <laughs> they'll keep running in and score points. So there you go. But as far as the NFL.com power rankings, not really too many surprises. I mean, the Chiefs, of course, you know, Super Bowl champs. Yeah, I'll put them up there at number one. The Green Bay Packers, they've been picking up momentum as of late uh, with uh, LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and that team doing very well uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And it looked like they're going to wrap up the NFC North division. The New Orleans Saints, I mean, yeah, without Drew Brees, okay, Taysom Hill has been doing very well to keep that team afloat. But they are playing the Chiefs this week. And I was very surprised the Saints struggled in their last game against the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, they just, the defense just didn't really seem to have an answer for him. And very surprised that they really struggled against the Eagles. But, hey, the Saints, maybe they might prove me wrong against the Chiefs. Uh, the Bills, we know about the Bills. Stephon Diggs was on a tear. Josh Allen, solid season. And they're playing right now, the Bills, as we speak. And doing pretty good. Uh, the Steelers, they've been losing, you know, lost a couple games, but hey, you know, maybe they'll turn it around. Uh, the Rams, I definitely didn't see them come. That's probably the one that surprised me. The Rams jumping out of nowhere, but hey, the Rams, they've, you know, have done pretty, pretty well so far. Uh, I know they beat out the, the Patriots last week and, you know, they have uh, the, I think they play the Jets, I think coming up. So they should be able to beat the Jets. <laughs> But uh, it's going to come down to that game in Week 17, Dylan, against Seattle. That's the game that's going to determine that division. So not many surprises. Uh, the Browns and the Ravens, man, Dylan, that, that game was a classic. Did you, did you watch that game? I did, yeah. I mean, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, I watched towards the end when uh, Lamar Jackson went off the field. Apparently, it was supposed to be for a potty break, but then he was in his press conference and said, Nope, it wasn't a Paul Pierce. I wasn't pulling a Paul Pierce. I was just cramping. So don't worry, everybody. I was just cramping. I had to go back in the locker room, came back out. And actually, I believe on a fourth down play, he came back out on the field and got them the first down um, to set them up for a, a touchdown. So a huge win for the Ravens, 47-42 to 42 over the Browns. Uh, the Browns were stunned. The Cleveland Browns fans were stunned in the in the crowd. I don't think this will this will uh, derail the momentum they've had because they played very very well in that game. Still, uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm telling you, without Odell Beckham Jr., they're still playing very well. And and you know, I, I think that at the very beginning of the season, if I told you that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be out for the season, and the only big time weapon that he was going to have would be Jarvis Landry. I don't think we would be sitting here thinking that the Cleveland Browns were going to be nine and four right now. I mean, they're on the verge of getting double digit. I mean, actually, I believe what was it? They had actually did win the 10th game, right? Or no, I think it plays this weekend. Maybe Um, anyway, you know, this weekend against the giants anyway. So they're on the precipice of winning 10 games in a season. And this is the first time they've had a winning season in quite some time. Um, it's absolutely incredible to watch. Baker Mayfield has come into his own in the league. 
Um, I, I knew he was going to be a star in this league. I, I like the way he played in Oklahoma, and he's definitely brought it here to the NFL. He's is very, very um, interesting to watch. I mean, the Titans played up against the Browns a few weeks ago. It did not end the way that we wanted it to. Well, actually, it didn't start the way we wanted it to, I guess you could say. But, you know, they played really well against the Browns, and, and if they're a measuring stick in this league, and, and that's interesting, that's crazy for me to say, that the Browns are a measuring stick for teams in the NFL. Um, but again, it is 2020 that we're talking about here. It's it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that the Browns are a great team. The Baltimore Ravens, I, I'm surprised they're up at eight I, I because they were struggling. Yeah, mildly. they were slipping. And so that one against, went against Cleveland. Yeah, and they're nine and five right now. Uh, I'm sorry, eight and five right now. So they're up above the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Cleveland Browns, who all three of those teams are nine and four. But the Baltimore Ravens are still above them at number eight, at eight and five. Don't ask me what, what why that's the case because the Titans still beat the Baltimore Ravens, um, and I, I, I'm I'm confused by it. The Steelers, though, however. I don't know what's happening with the Steelers. It just seems like their wide receivers are not on the same page with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, this is the second week in a row where they've struggled on offense. And usually this team is more of an offensive team than a defensive team. However, the defense actually held them, held the Buffalo Bills in check in the first half of the game last week. And that was the reason why they were in that game at halftime. But then after halftime, the defense couldn't stop them because the offense was, wasn't keeping them off the field. The Pittsburgh Steelers could not stay on the field on offense, so the defense was just gassed when they started playing. So, uh, you know, the defense could not get rest at all. The offense was all over the place for the Steelers, and Josh Allen just threw all over the team. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be very tough for teams to go up against the Buffalo Bills going into the playoffs because they've been playing very, very well. Stephon Diggs has turned it on for Josh Allen. Josh Allen is just is just lit up the league this season. So um, kudos to him and the Buffalo Bills. I know that uh, our good friend Dave is actually very, very happy with his Buffalo Bills. But, you know, we'll just see how it goes going into the playoffs. It's a whole completely different story when it goes into the playoffs. So let's go into some Titans talk, JT. Let's talk about what they've been doing so far. They did win last week on the shoulders of Derrick Henry. 215 yards last week he ran do you think they'll they'll have to do that the rest of the season to actually win out? Or do you think the offense itself with Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, they can get it done? Uh, well, Dylan, I think right now the running game with Derrick Henry is going to have to carry the load uh, for the Titans because as we wrap up the season, we got the Detroit Lions tomorrow. Um, we should be able to beat Detroit. But after Detroit, we got the Green Bay Packers. Uh, on the 27th of December. And then our last game, I believe, is going to be against, yes, the Houston Texans. So those games, the Titans should be able to, I mean, Green Bay is toss-up, but the Detroit-Houston for sure should be able to get wins and will either be the AFC South champions, hopefully, or a wild card, but we're going to make the playoffs one way or the other. And then we'll see how it goes when we match up in the playoffs. I think... As we get later in the season, Dylan, um, Tanner Hill, A.J. Brown, they've been stepping up, and they're going to keep that momentum going. And then I think it's going to also be a huge step up for the defense. I know the struggle for the defense has still been on third downs here and there, but Mike Rabel's been making adjustments, and the team has 
seem to respond. They seem to improve. And as long as that's the case, the Titans will have a shot no matter who we play in the playoffs. Still. We'll, we'll be in it uh, as we try to make a run to the Super Bowl, which it's been like, what, since 2000? That's the last time, 99 season? The last time we went into the Super Bowl? Yeah. It feels like it's so long. Yeah, it does feel like it's so long. And, it, you know, with the Titans, the defense, like you said, they have been fixing things. They have been adjusting things. Uh, third down is still a problem. It's not as big of a problem as it was early in the season. That statistic for third down looks atrocious, atrocious, atrocious. There you go. <laughs> Just because of how they were playing at the beginning of the season. The first half of the season, that team was terrible on third down. But then they have picked it up a bit to where they're about league average now when it comes to third down conversions. So the defense just, the biggest thing is the coverage for our defenders. The cornerbacks are doing a great job. The uh, DBs, I mean, I'm telling you, they're, they're doing a great job in coverage. It's just that our pass rushers cannot get to the quarterback. We have not had many sacks this season, and it's because of the play of our defensive line and our linebackers. They have not been getting to the quarterback. They haven't been able to get pressure on the quarterback, and that's what's turned into conversions on third down. So we've seen it more and more recently, though, where the quarterback has the ball in his hands for three, four, five seconds each drop back. And if a quarterback has time in this league, has that much time to throw the ball and find someone that's open— I guarantee he's going to find someone open. In five seconds, if you have five seconds to throw the ball, you are going to find a wide receiver, tight end, or running back wide open to where you get the first down or you get positive yardage. So, I mean, the Titans need to address that still. They need to address uh, pass rush. I mean, that's a big thing. I know that Harold Landry is working on um, his spin move in practice this week. He was working on some more techniques, so hopefully Harold Landry can kind of turn it up a bit more. And uh, I know that Roberson might be playing some as well. I know that he's been kind of in and out of the lineup because of injury. But I'm, I think we're going to have to have to call on some younger guys because Javion Clowney's been out. Um, we don't have Beasley anymore. We got rid of him because he was a, a he was as worthless as a, as a sack of potatoes out there. He was not playing well at all. So, I mean, we see that in Las Vegas, too. He wasn't playing well either. So, you know, I think that at the end of the day, the defense is going to have to rely on their corners to cover and hope and pray that the linebackers and defensive line can get to the quarterback in time to get that sack before the ball comes out of his hands. Because if they don't, then it's going to be bad news bears for the Tennessee Titans. Um, but again, uh, going back to my question about Derrick Henry, I think that the the offense can do it on the arm of Ryan Tannehill. We've seen it before. I mean, we saw it with the Cleveland Browns. Like they, he almost had to win that game on with his arm, and he almost did. They got very, very close. They, it was a six-point game at the end. So, I mean, I, I think that they can do it. It's just that they need to start fast, start quick, get off the ball fast, get points on the board, and get a lead by halftime. As long as they get a lead by halftime, they usually turn out to... Uh, to it, it turns out to bode well for the Titans if they uh, have a lead going into halftime. So, let's move on now. Biggest surprise of the season so far for you, JT. In the whole entire league, what's your biggest surprise so far? Mm, that's a good question, Dylan. But to me, it's going to come down right down the wire as we get close to the playoffs. You know, the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, if he can get hot late in the season, you know, they could be a team that could 
sneak in and crash uh, the the playoff party. The, the Buccaneers, I know they're hanging in there, Dylan, but the fact that they're eight and five, when a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, this team's going to go thirteen and three and go to Super Bowl," <laughs> this team could still, Dylan, go the opposite direction. So, just something that we have to keep in mind. Uh, the NFC East is still terrible, but you know it's still wide open. Uh, other than you know, Washington football team still has a shot. New York Giants still have a shot. I mean, what's impressed me, of course, is the Washington football team's defense and the fact that they could really slow down Russell Wilson tomorrow definitely intrigues me. And Washington, Dylan, hey, that team, they've been on a Good run. They won four out of their last five games, beating Cincinnati, beat the Cowboys. They beat the then undefeated Steelers, and they beat the 49ers, even though it wasn't Arizona. And, hey, if they beat Seattle, hey, Dylan, Washington football team, watch out. And also, Chase Young had his first touchdown in the league yes, uh, last week as well against the Niners. So that's a huge plus for that team with the second overall draft pick from the twenty nine from the 2020 um, NFL draft. So that's, that's huge news for him. And I mean, yeah, the Washington Redskins, the Washington football team, sorry, um, have been doing a great job this season. I, I think the defense is going to be great. I hope that Alex Smith can get back on the field sooner rather than later. Um, because I think that he's played very, very well for that team. He's motivated that team to get to this point. So I think they can do some good things. The giants are right on their heels. Uh, you know, Dallas is kind of in it, I guess too. Um, you know, like you said, that division's wide open. It's pretty crazy to see that. But the biggest surprise for me this season is probably going to have to be the Atlanta Falcons. With so much talent on that team, with their with, with their quarterback, with Matt Ryan, they have Todd Gurley um, back there as a running back. They had Julio Jones still, Calvin Ridley. They have a an explosive offense. How atrocious their defense is. Just bad. So bad. Giving up, like they gave up plays like they did when they had flashbacks this season of when Dallas beat them, of the Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl. They keep seeing 28 to 3 in their head. 28 3, 28 3. And they just cannot get over it. I, I don't know what's happening with that team. I don't know if there needs to be a coaching change. I uh, I mean... Well, they did fire their coach. They did, yes. I mean, I think and it's going to have to be more than that. For I the mean, Falcons, we are in the fourth quarter right now, so it has never been a good fourth quarter for the Falcons. No, never has. <laughs> and, you know, with them being 4-9, and nine, that's just so bad. I mean, I, I hope and pray that Matt Ryan does not go out on his career in this fashion because I like Matt Ryan. I like Todd Gurley. I like Julio Jones. I like that team. That team is... a. I, it it is a good team offensively. It is a good team. They just need a new identity on defense, and if they can get that, then I think they'll be a really good team again. I think they'll be up there in the top ten, top fifteen teams in the league. But it just seems like such a long road to get back there, and that Super Bowl just crushed any spirit they had in that team. And I hopefully with the firing of of their head coach, hopefully that kind of takes the bad mojo out of the locker room and they can finally turn it around. But we'll just have to see what happens in 2021 at this point. So let's go to the game day. Pick them, JT. We got five team, five games to pick here. We're just going to do a rapid fire round with these games. So let's start off with a an AFC South divisional, cha- divisional rivalry here. The Texans versus the Colts. Who you got? 
Uh, Dylan, I think the Colts are going to end up winning this game. Uh, the Colts, they've been on a good run. They beat the Raiders in their last game. And the Colts, they just beat the Texans like literally two weeks ago. So I think the Colts, Dylan, the Phillip Rivers is being steady. The offense being steady. steady excuse me. And the Colts, they know they got to keep winning to stay in the playoff hunt. So the Colts are going to beat the Texans. I know Deshaun Watson's been on Terry getting a lot of points on fantasy football, but it will not be enough against the Colts. I, you know, it's very hard for me to go against the Colts and the Texans again for two times in the season um, against the Colts. That that's I don't think the Texans will lose the Colts two times in in a, in a season. I think the Texans will win this game, even though it'll be a very very close game. It'll be a last minute play that Deshaun Watson makes or the kicker makes to to win this game. But I think it's going to be the Texans who edge out the Colts in this one to put a nail in the coffin and the Colts' hopes for the AFC South Division Championship. Let's go to the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Who you got? Dylan, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to end up coming away with this game. I know the Dolphins just squeaked by the Bengals and – of course, they say beat the Jets. But I think for the and they and Tonga Bailoa Tua did a really good job against Chiefs, uh, even though in a losing effort, the Dolphins definitely showed some heart in that game. Now, the Patriots, they're gonna lose Damon Harris. He's not gonna play. And we know they've been shaky. Uh Sonny Michelle is gonna start for the Patriots, Dylan, but I really think Dylan for the Patriots, it's I just think the run of making how many playoffs it's been, it's going to be over, Dylan. I really think if, if they cannot beat the Dolphins, they're done because they got to play Buffalo. They're not going to be Buffalo. And then they might be, I'm sure they'll beat the Jets. But basically, it's all down to this game, Dylan. And after they way they got blown out against the Rams last week. I can't. I don't feel confident the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. How I do mean, you feel? Hey, I feel the same way. I, I mean, at the end of the day, the Patriots need to win out. They need to win the rest of their games to at least have a shot at the playoffs. And that's actually with some help as well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we've seen how Cam Newton's played so far. Cam Newton, he's just not the same quarterback he was in Carolina. I, I don't know what happened with him. His psyche's different. He needs to start. He needs to stop wearing those headdresses and those those weird clothes. <laughs> or something. Some something has to change with Cam Newton because at the end of the day, if he keeps playing like this, he's not going to have a starting job again in the league after playing with the Carolina Panthers having a shot there for you know how many seasons seven eight seasons and now with the New England Patriots and he can't he can't win in a Bill Belichick system which is usually a very quarterback friendly system I I just don't see Cam Newton doing anything in the league after this if he doesn't uh turn the ship turn the tide very very soon so let's go to the Bears versus the Vikings it's gonna be a good one yeah, Dylan, this is going to be a good one, but I think that the Vikings, shockingly, are going to come away with this one against the Bears. I know the Bears won last week, but the Bears, Dylan, have been too inconsistent. One minute they win, then they lose, and they win, and they lose, and I just can't see it. The, the Vikings, they know they're in a desperate situation, similar to the Patriots. They're in the playoff hunt, trying to win games, and I think they will find a way to beat the Bears. Go Bears and win. You know, Trubisky played very well last week. 
and he, he showed some flashes of a good quarterback there. I think he gave the team a spark last week as well. And so, I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I think the Vikings are a better team overall. But that Bears defense, though, as long as Trubisky can keep them in a game, that Bears defense can play against the best of them. I, I, I for some reason, I have a sneaky suspicion that the Vikings have been up and down this season as well. I have a sneaky suspicion the Bears are going to win this game. Um, even though it's on the road, I think the Bears are going to are going to go in there and beat them in Minnesota. So let's move to the next game, Chiefs versus Saints. This is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. It certainly will, Dylan, but I don't know how Drew Brees is going to play. He hasn't played in four weeks, and I don't know what's going to happen. I, I know the defense, they, they've been joking around saying they're going to test those ribs out on, on Drew Brees and see how he feels. Um I think it's going to be a close game, but Patrick Holmes and that uh, offense for the Chiefs will find a way to pull away and win this game. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very hard to go against the Saints because if Drew Brees is in there, anything is possible. But, I mean, if the Chiefs defense plays the way they've played the past few weeks, then the Chiefs are going to win this game um, handedly. I think, and I, and like you said, I think they're going to test Drew Brees' ribs several times in this game, unless I mean, unless Drew Brees says something to his offensive line that makes them become the number one line in the NFL the past five seasons. Um, I, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. It's going to be very hard to go up against um, the Patrick Mahomes offensive train that they've been they've been conducting the past few seasons. So I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Let's go to the last game, the Browns versus the Giants. Yeah, Dylan, this is going to be a tough one, but I'm going to lean towards the Cleveland Browns going on the road to beat the New York Giants. The New York Giants, yes, I know Daniel Jones will not play in this game, so my boy, Colt McCoy, is going to go out there uh, to try to get another victory for the New York Giants, but Jason Garrett will not be calling plays. He's going to be out because he had COVID, and of course, the Giants will also be missing a few other key players as well. And they just had so much turnover with the offensive line and the defensive backs. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to slow down um, Baker Mayfield and that offense for the Cleveland Browns. So the Cleveland Browns are going to go with them to win this one. Yeah. Um, you know, my boy Logan Ryan's going to be out there for the Giants. I don't think he's going to do that much for the Giants. I mean, he'll do as much as he can, but I don't think he'll be able to stop the offensive firepower of the Browns. So, yeah, I think the Browns are going to win this one. I mean, the Giants would need to win this one to stay in contention, I think, for that division. Um, but I, I still think the Browns are going to go in there and avenge the loss they had last week with a win this weekend. So, Browns will go into New York and to the Meadowlands and beat the Giants this weekend, and that's uh, that's that's how we see it. Now let's move on to college football. College football playoffs are right around the corner. This week is is conference championship weekend, like we discussed at the beginning of the show. One of the big games happening right now is Clemson versus Notre Dame, and it is a blowout so far, although Notre Dame just scored a touchdown to make it um, a 24-point lead for Clemson Tigers with about eight minutes left to go in the game. So that's uh, Clemson's cruising to a berth in the college football playoff, it looks like. Um, speaking of college football playoff, though, let's talk more about some of the teams that are going to be going into college football playoff as of right now. As it stands, 
Um, we'll talk about some games too today. Ohio State won against Northwestern. It was a shaky start for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Justin Fields did not look good in this one at first, but he did come back and they did beat Northwestern. Um, so that's a, a good win for them, I guess. And that makes them 6-0 on the season, which we'll get into that in just a second. And then the game of the night is going to be Alabama versus Florida. This is going to be a huge game to watch. A lot of implications on this game because if Alabama loses to Florida, I mean, you kind of have to give it to Florida and say, hey, you beat the number one, the number one team in the league. And, you know, at this point, we have to let you in. It's going to be very hard for the committee to say no to Florida if they beat Alabama tonight. And we talked about before the show, JT, that this would be the, if they did leave out Florida, if Florida goes in, beats Alabama, and gets left out in the college football playoff, that would be the first time that an SEC championship, an SEC champion had been left out of the college football championship, or college football playoff, rather. And I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Dylan, we talked about this before the show, but uh, regardless of whatever happens tonight, Dylan, the college football playoff committee is going to have a headache one way or the other. What are they going to do about Ohio State, Notre Dame? Yeah, they're getting blown out, but okay, if they're a one-loss team, are you still going to keep them in the playoff? Yeah, if Florida, the Gators, if Trask can somehow get the Gators and upset Bama, how can you leave – an SEC champion who just beat the number one team in the land out of the playoff. It's crazy. And you still got A&M sitting out there, Jimbo Fisher saying, we're a one-loss team. We should be in the playoff. And Cincinnati is like, what about us? So, you know, this is like a thing that's going to be going on every year. But especially this year, Dylan, we all know the level playing field is not equal. Okay, the Big Ten waits until like basically Halloween to start their season. Why well, everybody else started in early September, and we only we we need you knew Dylan that the only conference that would get anybody in was the Pac-12. They had no shot. USC did them a favor by losing last night to the Ducks. So we all knew it was going to be either Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, and then who's going to be number four? Ohio State, or you got Florida, um, and. Of course, Texas A&M's A&M's not sitting there. out there. Iowa Texas State's A&M's out there, sitting there too at 8-2 and two at number 6. Well, Iowa State did lose today. They lost the Big 12 championship game. Well, there goes their shot. <laughs> so, Iowa State's done. Yeah. So, they're going to have a huge dilemma. And, I mean, in my opinion, Dylan, like, look, you, the committee's got to make a decision. If you want the four best teams, then to me, it, it, it's obvious. It, it, even if Florida wins you put them in you have alabama clemson obviously because they're winning the acc and then the the the, the fourth spot to me is going to come down to the comparison with notre dame and ohio state ohio state only has two ranked wins indiana and against northwestern where notre dame basically was on crew control the entire season, and they beat clemson who was ranked number two to me that's more impressive so, yes, even though Notre Dame lost to Clemson, they already play each other and basically are one on one. So, do you get one more game? Seven four. That's my top. That would be my top four as of right now. So, so listen, but, about, well, listen about one more time for me. Listen about one more time for me. Yeah. So, if I'm just the same wing mm-hmm. that Florida beats Alabama, yep. Alabama's still going to the playoff. Okay. Florida's going to the playoff. Okay. I'll have Clemson number three. 
And then Notre Dame, even though they, they're losing, they would just clean enough for So Ohio State would be out. And Texas A&M is not in time. there because they're, they're not in the SEC championship, correct? Yes. that's. I mean, look, if, if Florida doesn't win, then A&M has a shot. But if Florida wins, and I'm just assuming they, they are, then yes, you get both Florida and Alabama. Alabama, you know, Alabama to me, Dylan, is a, and, and Clemson are the two teams. No matter what happens, they're getting in the playoff one way or the other. Yeah, they are. They are for um, sure. The, the only other spots with Notre Dame, even though I still think Notre Dame, because they were undefeated, they could still probably somehow get in. And then Ohio State, I know, is undefeated, but everyone's going to grab by their schedule. They didn't play enough games. And it feels like the, the committee this whole time just saved that one spot for Ohio State, which to me looks bad. It really does. It looks terrible. Because, because like Cincinnati or the BYUs or like you said A&M, they have a legit shot, and like Jimbo Fisher said, they beat seven SEC teams in a row except Alabama, and that was a close game. It wasn't like they got blown out. They only lost by three points. And, and of course, you know, they're, they you know, mm-hmm. ran the table. They played more games. Ohio State hasn't played enough games. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes, Dylan. But what, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this whole mess? My thoughts – are that the college football playoff committee, well, one, should not be rewarding a school with that decided to, uh, the conference decided to hold off on starting the season and then only play six games and get into the college football playoff. Like that, that, that's for one, to me, that's ridiculous because Ohio State, yes, they're a good football team. However, who have they won against? They won against a number 11 ranked. Uh, a number 11 ranked Indiana and a number 14 ranked Northwestern. Those there are two quality wins on the season. I mean, Penn state would have been a quality win if they had actually shown up to play football this year, but they didn't. So, I mean, you had two teams, you had two games there. Yeah. They won those games. Yeah. They're undefeated, but I mean, and not only that, they had three games canceled, Maryland, Illinois, and the big house, Against Michigan. Yeah. And another point to this too is that I don't think people are really talking about this. The 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 conference itself will be getting a paycheck if Ohio State gets in the college football playoff. In my opinion, why are we paying that conference saying your team did a great job this season when they weren't even going to play a season to begin with until they saw the college football AP top twenty five come out the first weekend and they were shocked that none of their teams were on the top 25. So they decided to to hastily, oh, call up the commissioner and say, hey, we're, we're going to play this year. Like, that's to me, it's just absolutely ridiculous that they, they were written into that number four spot, essentially. They've been in that number four spot ever since the first week, even when they weren't playing. Uh, it, it's just, to me, it, it's so unfair to other teams. Like we talked about, Cincinnati, that is, an, it's another deja vu moment for UCF fans right now. They're, they're feeling for Cincinnati because this is exactly what happened in 2017 when they won the national championship and they were the only undefeated team in the nation. And they didn't even sniff the playoffs. They weren't even close to the playoffs. So, I mean, I feel bad for all those teams. I mean, Texas A&M has a strong case. Um, Iowa State before today had a had a pretty strong case. Um, you know, Cincinnati, 
definitely has a strong case for being undefeated. And if we're not worried about the strength of opponent, like Ohio State, um, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, what are we worried about? Because they're not worried about games played. They're not worried about how many games you play. And they're not worried about who you played when they're looking at Ohio State. So, oh I, yeah, definitely, Dylan. And one thing I will add, sorry to interrupt, but just no, you're fine. one thing I would add is, if we've seen history with these playoff committee and some of their picks, they have picked teams that didn't win a championship game and yet still made the playoff. And the last time we saw that was, as you mentioned, 2017, Alabama. They lost to Auburn. Didn't make championship game. It was Georgia and Auburn in the SEC championship game. Georgia won. Georgia goes to playoff. Then you got Clemson number one. Oklahoma was number two that year. Alabama, who didn't, was not in the championship game at all. Like A&M sitting out there right now. Somehow basically got in on the four seed. And guess what happened, Dylan? They won the championship. So even if you don't win a championship, conference championship, you can still get in and win the whole thing. Yeah. Well, that's favoritism too in the, in the college football playoff. But that just goes to show you, we've talked about it on this show, we talked about it a while ago, that the college football playoff should be extended somehow. It needs to be at least eight teams, in my opinion. Yeah, at I thought this year, Dylan, they could have, because not like I mentioned, <laughs> not everyone's playing the same playing field, just like you mentioned. I felt like, because we saw the pro leagues, the NHL, the NFL expand their playoff. The NBA yep. did. Yep. With the bubble tournament play, I felt college football. Okay, maybe not eight teams, but at least six to make it more fair. Okay, so top two teams get a bye, and then three through six play each other. This way, you give the Cincinnati's or the Coastal Carolinas or Iowa State's of the world a shot, a chance to get in the playoff. This is like, like you said, favoritism. Oh, the SEC, we gotta get them in there. Ohio State, yeah, you wait till Halloween, but don't worry, we saved your spot. You could have played two games, and we'll still get you in the playoff. And, you know, that, it just looks terrible. It really does. Yeah, it looks awful. Just about as awful as Notre Dame is playing in this game. Um, it, it's, it's crazy that they're number two right now. I mean, it, with how bad they're playing, they're down by 24 points right now with about four minutes left to go in this game. Do you Is there a scenario in your head where you see Notre Dame not making the college football playoff? Uh, again, Dylan, it's, it depends on who you ask. But remember, uh, the, I believe the president of Notre Dame is on the board, so I'm sure he will try to lobby the committee to, hey, which we only lost one game, but we should still be in the playoffs. But there's a chance, of course, there's still a chance that Notre Dame can get left out. There's still a chance. I think it's very slim, only because, like I said, Notre Dame, they'll argue we were undefeated 10-0, we beat Clemson already. They avenged their loss. So we should still be in over the AMs of the world. And I'll be like, well, Notre Dame, you're, you joined the conference for this year only. Uh, you can't really claim that you're independent, you know, because you did the ACC. Now, I know some people were debating about Notre Dame, like, oh, for, like for the future, should they just stay all their sports, even football, in the ACC? But Notre Dame's not going to do that, Dylan. Why? Because – NBC pays them so much money. They're not going to give up that independence and flexibility of their schedule, schedule whoever they want to to do that. So I think for Notre Dame, even with a loss, yes, 24 points, but it's not like they lost by 50. So I still think Notre Dame, with one loss, will find a way to get in. But guess what, Dylan? They'll probably go in as the fourth seed because remember, 
Florida was number four or five, whatever. They only dropped, what, two slots after they lost to LSU? Yeah. So, yeah. so Notre Dame, I'm expecting the same situation. They're only going to drop a couple spots, probably that fourth spot. You get that playoff spot, and then guess what? You're going to play Alabama, assuming Alabama wins. If Florida wins, then Notre Dame could get knocked out. But we'll see, Dylan. I know one thing. After tonight, tomorrow at 12 o'clock, that's when they're supposed to announce everything. So we will see how it goes. Bowl games, the playoffs. It's going to be fun, Dylan. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. And one more point, too, is that no, you know, with Florida losing to LSU, that was by a field goal. But for... Notre Dame losing this game. It's by 24 points right now. That That's the biggest thing. That's my biggest sticking point in this game so far is that the only reason they won against Clemson before is because that Trevor guy on, didn't play. He, yep. was, he was on the sideline because of COVID. So at the end of the day, I think that Notre Dame did not play Clemson a few weeks ago. They played a version of Clemson. They did not play Clemson a few weeks ago. I think that's the re- main reason why they were 10-0 heading to this game into the first place. So, you know, it'd be interesting to talk about if if Clemson had won the first matchup and they were 10-0 and and Notre Dame was 9-1, and would Notre Dame still be in the conversation for the playoff? Who knows? I mean, there's, you know, uh, there's no way for us to go back and see that. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But at the end of the day, it's going to be a very interesting time, and I would hate to be on that uh, committee for the college football playoff. So let's move on now. One more piece of news in college football. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, former star quarterback for the UCF Knights. He actually had a, a serious injury a few seasons ago. I believe it's been almost two years now since he's been on a football field after his injury. He has actually gotten back into football shape, and he is transferring to Florida State. He's going to be a graduate there, a graduate student there at Florida State, so congratulations to him. I know that UCF fans are not happy about that because they will be playing um, they will potentially play the UCF Knights, and that that will be a war, a war in uh, Florida there. But you know, it's it's good to see him actually getting back on a football field. I know he he gave um, Gabriel Dillon uh, all of the credit. Said, "Hey, look, I don't want to take that starting position away from him because he, I mean, look at, at how well he's doing. I'm sorry, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, look at how well he's doing there as a starting quarterback at UCF. So I'm not going to take that away from him. And um, now he's going to Florida State. So good luck to him." And uh, we'll see how he plays once he gets back on the gridiron. Now let's head on, to head on to the NHL. There's some news there, and it looks like we're getting a season and fairly shortly as well. So players should be reporting to camp probably by the end of this month. We'll be getting more details on this in the coming days. But the league is set to start on January 13th, pending a vote from the NHL and NHLPA. And... It'll be 56 games this season. So it'll be a shortened season for them to get all of this in. Um, And we have realigned divisions as well. As of right now, this is what the league is talking about and also reported by Pierre Lebrun um, from TSN. So Canadian, there's going to be a Canadian division, which will be all the Canadian teams. So the Canadians, Canucks, Flames, Jets, Maple Leafs, Oilers, Senators, Metropolitan will be Bruins, Sabres, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, Caps, the Pacific will be the Ducks, Coyotes, Avalanche, Wild, Kings, Sharks, Blues, and Golden Knights. And the Central will be the Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Red Wings, Blackhawks, Panthers, Stars, Predators, and the Lightning. So JT, one question I have for you is, who do you think got screwed 
with the realigned divisions this year? Oh, Dylan, that's an easy one. Look at that Metropolitan Division, man. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. You got the Capitals, my boys. You got the Penguins, the Flyers, okay, the Rangers, okay, the, the playoff team. The Islanders were a playoff team. The Flyers were a playoff team. Uh, you got the Devils that are up and coming. The Sabres, they're looking to bounce back. And, of course, hello, the Bruins. So, yeah, that division, Dylan, is stacked. And it's going to be tough. Now, your boys, the Predators, you guys are kind of in a uh, not easier division, but a, a little, I would say medium. Mm-mm. Where you got the hard division, I would say you got the medium because you got the Hurricanes, okay, the Blue Jackets, John Tortorella. Uh, the Red Wings are going to rebuild, so they're not going to do much. Blackhawks, okay, they barely made the playoffs because of the extended format, but we don't know how they're going to do this upcoming year. Um, the Panthers, they made some moves, so they can be on the news. But really, Dylan, I think the only teams you're going to have to worry about other than Carolina and Columbus, is really Dallas and Tampa Bay, the Stanley Cup champions. Yep. Those are two, yeah, those are two teams I'm looking at as well. I think those are going to be definitely hard ones in the division. It's good, though, if they are allowing fans in the NHL, which they're not talking about it yet, but if they do and the Preds play the Lightning, then they might be down here in Tampa a few times, which that would be really, really good for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this realignment looks good. I think the only division that's not competitive is the Pacific. You have the Ducks, you have the Coyotes, you have the Avalanche, Wild, Kings, Sharks, Blues, and Golden Knights. So in the top oh, yeah, of that division... Like, most of those teams were, de- were bad. Exactly. The Wild, the Blues, and then the, the Knights. Yeah, so you pretty much... Well, and the Avalanche. I mean, yeah. yeah, you pretty much see the Golden Knights, in my opinion, I see the Golden Knights the Avalanche, and number three being a toss-up between the Stars and uh, for the Wild and the Blues. And that's your division. Everyone else is just kind of easy. They're just kind of coasting along with the Ducks, the Coyotes. I mean, Coyotes are not going to be anything without Taylor Hall. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't, and the Sharks too, and the Kings as well. I, I don't see that division being good at all. Um, I think they were, um, they got the easy, they got the short end of the stick, I guess. Um, but, the Golden Knights, Blues, Wild, and Avalanche, I think they're sitting pretty right now. They feel like they're going to be in a really good playoff position um, heading into the season. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, I, I'm very, very excited about the start of the season coming up, and we should hear more definitive news about this tomorrow. I believe there's a call between the NHL um, front office uh, tomorrow at noon, and then at tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time, there will be a call with the GMs talking about this. So we should hear news by tomorrow afternoon as to when this will be officially announced and um, when we should expect players to be back in training camp. So, Yeah, Dylan, I'm expecting to hear some news probably sometime early next week for sure, before Christmas. Uh, the NHL, they now the realignment plan is not – an official one, but that's one that's been speculated that the format that's going to be. And of course, Pierre Lebrun, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's got that down solid on that one. But one thing that the NHL still has to work out is a playoff format. Now, the one that was this year with the extended format, because it look like it's going to happen this upcoming season, they're going to do a divisional uh, playoff format. So you'll have the top four teams in each division make the playoffs and then they play each other in a bracket, in their own bracket. So the Central Division has a playoff. Pacific Division has a playoff. Whoever wins that plays each other in the next round. Same with the other divisions. And then you get to the 
well, would be the semifinal, then the conference finals, and then, of course, the Stanley Cup final. Um, the other thing they got to work out, Dylan, is with the Canadian teams. Because of the strict measures for COVID up in Canada, and the provinces up in Canada haven't signed off on the NHL's protocol deal. So that's one they'll have to work out on. Speculation, Dylan, is if they can't come to agreement on the protocols, then they may have to consider moving the Canadian team stateside and try to find seven new homes for those teams to play. Uh, one team, Dylan, that is going to have to relocate temporarily is the San Jose Sharks because of the COVID strict ban on professional outdoor sports or indoor sports activities in Santa Clara County. So like the San Francisco 49ers, who will have to finish their season in Arizona, the San Jose Sharks will have to play elsewhere, at least for the time being. Yeah, a lot to work out still in the NHL. I know we'll get some more clarity heading into the, this next week, into Christmas, but I'm just excited to actually hear that I, hockey is happening very soon and um, look forward to seeing the Capitals and also my Predators on the ice very, very soon. Now let's move on to the NBA. Uh, Giannis actually signed a five-year contract extension to stay with the Milwaukee Bucks. Huge deal for Giannis. It is the highest-paid contract in the NBA. Um, congratulations to him. That that's a huge, a huge move by the by the organization. But do you think it is the best move for Giannis moving forward? Do you think they will be able to secure a championship in his five-year extension there? Well, that's the goal for the Milwaukee Bucks, and I will admit, Dylan, a part of me was very surprised that Giannis decided to re-up in Milwaukee because we've been hearing this whole time that he wasn't happy that the Bucks couldn't complete that trade with Bogdanovich from Sacramento or you brought in Drew Holiday, but he apparently wanted a different player. We were in so much speculation. So I thought he, he might as well at this point just test free agency and see what he can get. But he decided, you know what? I love this city. I want to be loyal to Milwaukee, so I'm going to re-up my contract. Uh, so I got to give him some credit for that. Uh, he could have gone elsewhere, but he wants to try to bring a championship to Milwaukee. And with the roster they have right now, Dylan, there's no doubt Milwaukee is going to be the clear favorites in the East. The Boston Celtics have weakened a bit. Uh, Miami is still needs to get one. I know they got... Um, Oh, Miami had a good run with Jimmy Butler, but they still probably need one more superstar to help them out. And, you know, I don't see any other teams in the East. I know Russell Westbrook is now with the Washington Wizards, but Milwaukee to me is the clear favorites and they're going to be in contention for the playoffs. Now, the only issue with Milwaukee, Dylan, is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers, the team that just won the championship. Because even though they lost Rajon Rondo and a few other players, that team is still stacked on it. And as long as LeBron James is still there, come on. We know the Lakers, LeBron will probably get maybe one, maybe two more championships before he's done. Well, especially, hey, he's- especially with Davis and LeBron being there. Like I, with Anthony Davis, LeBron James combined for another few years, at least three more years, I believe it was. Um, that That's a huge combo in and of itself. I think they can do some good things just those two with the Los Angeles Lakers. But I mean, as we've seen before on different teams that LeBron's gone to stars love playing with LeBron. I mean, there, there are other players that love to just be on the court with LeBron and win championships. And if, if he loses talent 
I mean, he'll be able to bring in other talent. Like he has that capability to sway the opinion of different players to play with him on the court. So the Lakers will be actually a lot of fun to watch for the next few years um, heading for and moving forward. So let's talk about this too. Jeremy Lin is signing with the Golden State Warriors G League team. Um, interesting move by him because that's a definite fall from grace as we remember Lin Sanity. And uh, now he's with the G League team for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Dylan, I, that this kind of came out of left field, but considering that the Warriors lost Clay Thompson, uh, they're going to need some uh, jump shooters, and Jeremy Lin definitely fits the bill. Now, I know some people are wondering, Jeremy Lin, where's he been? Well, he was in China this past season playing for the Beijing Ducks, and he had a good run with them, and he's been with other teams like the Brooklyn Nets and the Charlotte Hornets, of course, the New York Knicks, and of course, he was. When he came to the NBA, he was with the Golden State Warriors. So now it's kind of come full circle, being 32 years old, and joining their G League team, the Santa Cruz Warriors. But I think, Dylan, this time around, he's going to be able to break into the roster. I know he hasn't been in the NBA for a couple seasons. But with the Warriors, they got depth, and they're going to need some more depth as the season goes on. And I think he's going to be able to get a spot and help the Warriors out. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship because you've got the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Dallas Mavericks and a very, very stacked Western Conference. But I think for Jeremy Lin, hey, it's a good move. He's from California, so he's going home. And I think for him, you know, being back in the NBA, it's a good sign. And, hey, I want to pick a better place than the Warriors, right? Steph Curry. Yeah, true. I mean, I think that's that's a good place for him to go, and he'll definitely be uh, an a welcome addition to that team, especially for jump shooting. That's that's definitely a great piece for them to pick up. Um, let's move on to Houston Rockets. They are expanding their trade talks on trading James Harden. I know two teams that are in the mix right now are the 76ers and also the Brooklyn Nets. Those are the two teams we've heard so far from Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, what else can you tell us about that, JT? Well, Dylan, it's been crazy with James Harden because he's he's not willing to sign a long-term deal to stay in Houston, and he has made it clear to the organization he wants out after they traded Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards. And I know he played the other night in the preseason against the Spurs, and you know didn't do a whole lot, but he's made it clear that he wants to go to either the Nets. Or the 76ers. 76ers, I'm not surprised because his old general manager, Jim Mori, he's over there now running that team. And then you have the situation with the Brooklyn Nets where, of course, you got KD and you got Kyrie Irving. And the Nets have the most pieces that can make it work. Where the Sixers, there was talk they were going to trade Ben Simmons. But now they're saying, but Mori's saying, no, 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 we're, we're, we're not trading Ben Simmons. He's a key part of the organization. Now, GM's done. They will sometimes say that because they don't want to cause concern of the star player. We saw this last month. The Washington Wizards GM said, oh, I'm not trading John Wall. We're not trading him. He's going to stay here forever. Then guess what? A few days later, he gets shipped out to Houston or Russell Westbrook. So GM's done. I would say it's more of a false alarm. But there's no doubt in my mind, James Harden, especially in the Eastern Conference, could be a difference in trying to help you win a championship 
especially when you're trying to compete with teams like the Milwaukee Bucks. So there's no doubt the Brooklyn Nets and the 76ers will find a way. In Houston, I think they can see though, they're not going to play on Christmas Day and James Harden's going to be sitting there on the bench. No, he's going to be well gone before that. And I'm pretty sure, Dylan, Houston is calling all the other 29 NBA teams to try to work out a deal to get the best deal they can get to move James Harden on. I mean, I've even heard Ben Simmons' name brought up in this trade discussion with the 76ers. I mean, I've heard some big names getting popped up from different teams. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the haul that the Rockets get for trading away James Harden because they're going to get some good players in return. So we'll see how the Rockets fare once that trade goes official. So let's move on to the MLB. The Cleveland Indians will change their team's nickname after the 2021 MLB season. This was kind of seen um, as coming pretty soon. And there's also been speculation of other teams as well. I know the Chicago Blackhawks had this same conversation brought up this week, but it looks like the Blackhawks are staying put with their name. Also the Braves and also I believe the Reds, like we talked about before the show. Um, Those are three teams that are going to be staying standing pat with their nicknames for their teams. Um, The Blackhawks came out saying that they do a lot with the community. They, They do a lot with the Native American community to raise awareness about them and 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 learn more about their heritage and things of that nature. So these teams are doing great things. Um, and there are some names out there being floated about, about some options for the Cleveland Indians when they change their name. Um, the Spiders, the Naps, the Fellers, the Rockers, the Crows. I know JT's favorite is the Rockers. Um, but JT, what do you think about this news? Well, Dylan... It- I'm not sur- I mean, it's kind of weird for me because, I mean, a part of me is not surprised, but a part of me is kind of surprised. But hear me out. The reason why I'm kind of surprised is because the Indians have had this name for 105 years, for like half a century, right? Something crazy like that. <clears throat> and yet now in 2020 of all years, they decide they're going to change the name. Now, the reason why I'm not surprised because, you know, a lot of locals in that community and Native Americans – have deemed that name to be, you know, racist or insensitive to Native Americans and imagery and all that. And that's why the Indians originally dropped the Chief Wahoo logo and switched to the Black Sea. But then they decided, you know what? We're going to get rid of it all together. Now, I know some people in our society be like, oh, we've gotten too soft. Why we got to change names and blah, blah, blah. But look, at the end of the day, if someone in that community deems it offensive and you know, it's causing bad PR. Maybe you should consider changing the name. Now, we saw what happened with the Washington football team, even though that's a little different. And the reason why I say it's different, though, because with the Washington football team, formerly the Washington Redskins, they were forced by their corporate FedEx to change their name. So this clearly came to money. It wasn't for that, Dylan. They would still keep their name. No. But because of that, now they were forced to change their name. And the NFL, they weren't stepping in until that happened. So the Washington football team decided to go a completely different direction. Now, the Indians, they will not do that. They're not going to be Cleveland baseball team. They're just going to be the Indians for one more year, for 2021. And after that, they will change their name. And we've seen this, Dylan, not just in the pros now, but we've seen it even in college sports. Stanford University used to be the Indians, now they're the Cardinals, or the Cardinals, excuse me. And then you have, um, you know, Arkansas State were the Indians. Now they're, they're the Red Wolves now. Yeah, the Red Wolves. 
Same thing with Louisiana Monroe. They were the Indians, now they're the Warhawks. So we've seen in college sports were North Dakota. They were the Fighting Sioux. Now there's just, I think, the North Dakota's, what, Eagles or something like that. Something so like we've that. seen it. So we've seen it in college sports where they change the name, reduce the imagery stuff. And some teams, like you mentioned, the Chiefs, the Braves, and the Blackhawks have made efforts in that community. And as long as they make those efforts, I don't think there's going to be a lot of public pressure to get them to change their name, even though some people have suggested it. But that seems to contradict that. And it means to me that that works out okay. I guess so. And I know in college sports we've seen that too. So I'm not, I mean, it's, it's the times of a changing deal. That's kind of how it is. And when times change, sports teams got to adapt. And even if it's a team name, that's what you have to do sometimes to kind of build up that fan base and that engagement. So that's how I see it. I see it from both sides, from a fan engagement and from a business perspective. Yeah, I see it the same way as well. And I mean, also they'll be making more money on the back end with new jersey sales, new imagery, new merchandise. I mean, that that will happen as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the thing they're thinking about the most, but um, that will help when it comes to the name change and things of that nature. So let's move on to segments, and uh, we'll start off first with JT's favorite segment of the week. It's the football recap. JT, the microphone's all yours. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, here at Out of Bounds, we recap the latest from the beautiful game. So for football or soccer, whatever you call it. We had some big news this week here in States, States side, excuse me, where Joe Ventus and U.S. men's national team player Weston McKinney, he was nominated as the U.S. soccer male player of the year. And I believe this was his first time winning it. So it's a big deal. Uh, he's doing really well at Joe Ventus this season in his first year in the club. And He's been part of that young American movement that's been growing, not just in Europe, but now we've seen a lot of Americans in the UEFA Champions League. So Weston McKinney is definitely part of that. He got out of a, a bad situation with FC Schalke, and now he's doing successful in Juventus, one of the most successful Italian clubs in Serie A. Now, on the women's side, Manchester City's women's team and U.S. women's national team player, Samantha Mewis, she won the U.S. Soccer Female Player of the Year. And this was her first time winning that award. So congrats to her. Congrats to West McKinney. Big deal for U.S. soccer fans as both of those teams make a big year. Because next year in 2021, Dylan, for U.S. soccer, they're going to, the women's team's got the Olympics, the 2020 Tokyo Games. That's going to be next summer. And then, of course, for the men's, they got, the Gold Cup, which will be next summer. And then, we, of course, we have the World Cup qualifiers, which will start next fall for the U.S. men's team. So big events coming up. Now, let's focus on Orlando City. Now, last time Orlando City, we talked about them. They were in the playoffs. They beat New York City FC in penalties, but they lost to New England Revolution in the uh, semifinal round of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Dylan, your boys, Nashville FC, they made a good run. They they beat Toronto FC. Uh, they beat um, uh, they be, beat Miami in the playoff game and the play-in round game. Uh, but they their run ended um, against Columbus. So both who would have thought Nashville, who made the playoffs in their first year, and then Orlando, it took us five years, but we finally got in in the same season. So 2020 was crazy in soccer for 
MLS, but uh, that's a, a great run. The MLS is now in their off season. So for Orlando City, the big news was that Dom Dwyer, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to leave the club. Uh, it's kind of tough way for him to go out. He has some injuries. Um, so I'll be curious to see where he ends up. But uh, I know Orlando City fans, they will miss him for sure. And then we uh, had the expansion draft this past week. Austin FC, Dillon's going to be the new team uh, based in Austin, Texas. They will be joining MLS or playing in MLS next year. Uh, so for 2021, so they had their expansion draft. They did took one of Orlando City's players, Kamal Miller. So he was their fifth pick. But then they quickly drafted him and then shipped him to Montreal. So now he's going to be with uh, Montreal. They are right now known as the Impact, but they announced yesterday they're going to change their name. What? I don't know. Seems like, like it's all 2020. Everybody's changing their name. So <laughs> they're doing it in football and baseball. Now soccer's doing it. So there you go. But, uh, you know, that's the latest update from the world of football. Dylan, let's move on to winners and losers. Yeah, let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first this week, sir. All right, Dylan. So my winner this week is going to be your boy, John Gruden, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And John Gruden, I know he got a big laugh earlier this week on Thursday Night Football because he walked on the field dealing with the wrong hat. He was wearing the Oakland Raiders hat. And I'm like, does John Gruden still think he's in Oakland? What, what's going on here? <laughs> so uh, he realized he messed up and he get to get the correct hat. And yes, the Raiders lost. They're 7-7. Seven, seven, but uh, you got to give credit to your boy, uh, Justin Herbert, man. He, I know you got him on your fans team. He's getting points. So the future looks bright for the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, L.A. Chargers looking great. I, he's definitely playing really, really well for the Chargers. And I uh, can't wait to see what he does. Uh, moving forward with the Chargers organization, so when it comes, yeah, but you know, yeah. but you know John, but you know with John Gruden, Dylan, he's always a stack quarterbacks, and Derek Carr, he was hurt, so he didn't play, or he left early in this game, and then Marcus Mariota, we were like, where has he been? He was with Tennessee, it didn't end well for him here, unfortunately, but he's seen and found his groove, Dylan, with the Las Vegas Raiders, and he was in it. He played very well, even in a losing effort, so. Even though I'm a Titans fan, and I know Mario used to play for our team, I was kind of happy to see him finally get his form back after being dealing with injuries for so long. Yeah, and definitely seeing them lose at the very end was good for us because the Titans, that gives us better footing in the playoff race. But yes, it was definitely good to see uh, Mario to play. I think he had a he, he started off with a touchdown. In his, I think his first drive, he had a touchdown, which is great. He had a rushing touchdown, too. Um, he played very, very well for what he did. I think they, he ended up with an interception at the very end of the game, but, um, kudos to him. He, he came in, was a starter and, uh, did a good job for the, for the Raiders, but unfortunately came into a, it came in a losing effort by the team, but again, it bodes well for the Titans. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. And then, um, for my loser this week, Dylan, it's going to be, the Auburn Tigers football team. So they made news earlier this week that they decided to part ways with their now former head coach, uh, Gus Malzahn. And look, I understand Gus Malzahn been there for eight years. You know, he led them to the finals for the BCS 2013 BCS championship game against Florida State, which they lost. And they've had winning records for the most part since he's been there. And 
they lost their they, they won their last game uh, against Mississippi State six and four, and yet the eighties like you know what eight years great run Gus we're gonna let you go, and you know what we're gonna pay you twenty one million dollars just just for you to go away just just go because the offense has really been struggling for Auburn, so I can understand why I decided to make the move because they haven't had a great quarterback since Cam Newton. And, you know, the fact that they paid him $21 million, despite Auburn cutting programs, had the furlough staff and everybody because of the pandemic. And then they're talking like, oh, we're going to get Gus or uh, we're going to get um, Herman um, Meyer. Or Meyer. They're, they're talking about getting, um, oh, yeah, Hugh Freeze over at Liberty. Oh, okay. Because they, they may seem like, oh, it's Hugh Freeze or bust. But Hugh Freeze is like, I'm not going to Auburn. No one's talked to me. I'm happy here in Liberty. Why am I going to leave? Then there was rumors they're going to talk to Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. So they're like, oh, Lane Kiffin, you know, come to Auburn. And Lane Kiffin's like, I'm not going to Auburn. What, what, what are you talking about? And uh, it would have been so ironic, Dylan. I know you being a Tennessee guy. If <laughs> Lane Kiffin would have left Ole Miss after one season and then go to Auburn. Like, that's just crazy. Oh. But uh, – Lane Kiffin shot those rumors down, and now there's talk that they're going to probably stick with Kevin Steele, who's their interim coach for now, if unless unless they they find somebody that they really want. So they're striking out. I'm like Auburn. Did you not learn from Texas? Texas considered. I don't care what they said. They consider letting go Tom Herman, but when our athletic director found out that it's going to cost Texas $30 million to pay Tom Herman to go. Texas is like, oh, 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 no, that's a lot of money. We're not going to pay that, you know? So they decided, you know what? We'll bite the bullet, keep it for one more year. We'll probably lose to Oklahoma again next year and be one in five, and then they'll fire him. That's probably what's going to happen, unfortunately. So now Auburn has turned their attention to Steve Sarkeesian, the offense coordinator at Alabama, mm. Billy Napier, the Louisiana head coach. Um, but if they can't get them, Dylan, it looks like they're going to stick with Kevin Steele. So I'm like, come on, interim coach who last coached at Baylor and was terrible because he didn't do good at Baylor. Now, they might also look at Elliott, the Clemson offensive coordinator, but he's probably not going to leave. So I'm just saying, Auburn, if you didn't feel confident getting something like us, like Texas, they weren't going to fire – Tom Herman, unless they would do for sure to get Urban Meyer. If that was going to happen, he's staying. So I'm like, you could have done the same thing, Auburn. Yes, I know Gus was on probably smarting offense, but you'd have kept it for one more year and save yourself $20 million, $21 million. Now you pay him off. Now you're going to get stuck with a coach that you really don't want. It, it it just doesn't look good for Auburn. And Well, hey, up in Alabama, they're probably happy about this. Steve, Steve or Steve, <laughs> Nick Saban, I'm sure is enjoying this. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's enjoying it so much right now. Um, let's move to my winners and losers. My winner this week is Derrick Henry for being the rushing leader in the league so far, and he could clinch the crown for the rushing leader for this season with the way he's been running so far. He's had 1,532 yards so far this season, 14 touchdowns, tied for first in the league, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. He had 215 yards alone last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the fourth time 
Uh, he has run over 200 yards in his career so far. And there are a few players that he um, actually broke the record. Um, I think it was LaDainian Tomlinson, Barry Sanders, and I believe Walter Payton. Uh, three players. Um, I know those two, the first two were in there. Um, but he beat them in terms of 200-yard games in the NFL. So congratulations, Derek Henry. He's been lighting up the league so far, and he has been since, you know, uh, two seasons ago. He's been playing very, very well for the Titans, and hopefully he continues to do that. And he's on pace to potentially actually hit 2,000 yards this season, which I don't think Mike Vrabel and the Titans want him to do that. But if he does, on the way to making it to the playoffs, then by all means, let him. Um, I think they'll probably give him the ball one last time in the last game of the season against the Texans and say, hey, here's your shot to get 2,000 yards. I think he'll get it that time. Um, but yeah, so Derek Henry's my winner. My loser this week is the College Football Playoff Committee. Just a tough decision. I mean, at the very end of the day, there's going to be a fifth wheel. And it looks like it's going to be Texas A&M. But it could potentially be Notre Dame. It could be uh, Texas A&M. It could be, uh, I mean, there are several options there. And it's not a very good look for the committee. It's not a very good look for college football, especially with Ohio State only playing six games this season and making it in the top four. And it looks like that's going to happen. So I'm excited to see who the fifth wheel is going to be and the fire that's going to be set ablaze tomorrow once once uh, once Jim Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M finds out that he's the fifth wheel, um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, so that's my loser this week. Let's head over to final thoughts. I'll start with mine first. Um, so my final thought is about the giveaway. So we're still doing the giveaway. We're going to be giving away a Titans prize pack with Titans sunglasses, a koozie, a neck gaiter, and then also a Titans Steve McNair and Eddie George commemorative flag. It's all bundled together. That flag is actually very sought after as well. It's all bundled together. Only thing you have to do is go to our Apple Podcasts page for Out of Bounds with Dylan James and leave us a rating and a review, a written review and a rating of the show. And that's all you got to do. And we will choose a random rating at the beginning of the year uh, in 2021 for our first season, our first episode of 2021. We will be giving away that prize pack. So make sure you go on there and leave that review because we'd love to read them and we'd love to give somebody this prize pack because it's just sitting here. And I, I want someone to enjoy it other than me just staring at it in plastic bags. So there's that. JT, what's your final thought this week? Well, Dylan, my final thought is going to be about, you know, video games. Now, I know I'm a sports guy, but I also like to play video games as well. It, 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 esports? Esports are out there, JT. Video, yes, video games are esports. E- yes, we got esports. And we got esports as well with Overwatch and 2K League and Madden and all that. So that's great. Yep. But I got to talk about this one video game that has received so much hype, Dylan, and got postponed like four different times. And then this game finally came out. I know what you're going to talk and, about. You know, and, you know, everyone was so stoked. And this game, of course, Cyberpunk 2077. And I was going to buy this game, Dylan, but I was like, ugh. I know Christmas is coming up. Should I buy this? Or should I get wait a bit, see how it goes, and just get NHL 21 for my PS4? So I decided to buy NHL 21. Good choice. And Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. I was all hyped. My friends were telling me about it. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to wait, see how it goes. And, you know, I'll probably buy it like the day after Christmas or something when it's on sale. 
Well, I'm here to talk about sale now because this game, Dylan, when it came out, I've never seen on social media, on Twitter, so many memes, glitches. You know, you got a beloved fan base now who waits on this game. Sony, PlayStation, they took the game off the PlayStation Network and had to refund all those people that bought the game because it was so disappointing. And now the company could end up getting a, a class action lawsuit. I'm like, man, what a crazy two weeks has been for Cyberpunk 2077. So I think it's, even though it's got Keanu Reeves, he may not be enough to save this game. So I guess I made a good call buying NHL 21. I had fun. You know, my boy, a veteran on the cover, doing promo, GM, uh, with the Capitals, you know, build your own team, Osmond Hockey, the CHL, the World Shell. Uh, great features in NHL 21. So definitely recommend it. Uh, Dylan, you got NHL 21 yet? I don't know if you got it yet. I don't yet. I will be getting it soon, though. I, I've gotten every NHL since 2017. Every year I've gotten it. So I will definitely be getting it this year. I just have not yet. Um, but it's it's a fantastic game. Go out there and buy it because I, I definitely love the the uh, the title for NHL 21. And um, it's it's definitely a great, a great company and a great game. Um, every single year, it's great. All right, Zola. Yeah, whenever you get it, let me know. Shoot me a message on PS4, and we'll definitely uh, play each other. Oh, yeah, for Reds sure. Capital Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup edition. But with that, that will include my final thoughts of 2020. Yeah. And for the listeners, I just wanted to wish everyone a happy holidays. Please stay safe, and we will see you in 2021. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. We'll be talking to you guys in 2021. JT and I are wrapping up the year here. Um, and also, uh, you can check us out on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. We're everywhere you can get podcasts. Subscribe to our show. Like, comment, subscribe. Share us with your friends. Leave us a review for that Titans giveaway as well. And also follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's at OOB Podcast. My Instagram is Dylan James underscore FL. And on Twitter, it's Dylan underscore James. JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You guys can follow me on Twitter at JTSaga88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at JTSaka Sports. And you can reach out to me on my personal blog sports blog it's www.jtthesportsguy.com and once again you have to spread that christmas cheer so you have to sing loud for all to hear merry christmas happy holidays to everybody and we will see you in 2021 